Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The Talk Sport Premier League Preview Show. Eden Azar stands over the penalty. Up against Martin Dubravka, it is Azar, powerful penalty. And the breakthrough for the Blues. Lucas Mora, 3-0 Tottenham Hotspur. Fantastic individual goal by Lucas Mora. He's second of the game. Pereira onto his right foot. He's going to shoot here from the edge of the area. And it's a stunning goal from Roberto Pereira. Back towards uh, Maguire again. Edge of the penalty. He gets a strike away and it's in the back of the net. Bayerin getting in towards the byline. Slots it between the legs of the West Ham defender. Big chance to finish the game. And Danny Welbeck puts the icing on the cake. It's the Premier League preview show for game week four of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up this weekend, can Jose Mourinho switch his fury from the media for just long enough to remember he's still a football manager? Can West Ham finally get their first point of the season? And will Newcastle United cross the halfway line against Manchester City? Lots of topics to discuss. Let's introduce our panel for the day and let's start. As ever, with Talk Sports football editor David Walker. You're so happy these days, Watford at the top of the table, through in the cup, scoring goals. It's aggravating, I'll be honest. Someone's got to be happy, haven't they? <laughs> we can't have it all doom and gloom around here with a West Ham fan. I know, I feel like I have made this a doom and gloom kind of show. Your happiness, I don't know, maybe it'll catch amongst the I'm group. I'm sure by, by the time the season is out, the two clubs will come closer <laughs> together and meet in the middle somewhere. Uh, great to have you with us as ever. For the first time on the preview show for this season, uh, hello to a former <laughs> Premier League winner with Man United, England international as well. Paul Parker's with us today. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you, Tom. Great to have you with us. Uh, I know you were doing the Man United game on Monday. We'll delve into that shortly. Also in the studio, a former Man City and West Ham captain, Steve Lomas is back on the show. How you okay, doing, Tom? Very well. Yeah, we're all right, mate. We're all right. Let's not talk about West Ham <laughs> just yet. That's two mentions already. I'm happy at the moment. We'll save that for later in the programme. Let's start with the Burnley-Man United game on Sunday, 4 o'clock UK time, that game gets underway. Man United have lost two of their first three league games in a season for the first time since 92-93. They haven't lost three of their first four since 86-87 when Ron Atkinson was in charge. For Burnley, they've collected just nine home points in the Premier League in 2018. Only Huddersfield and Southampton have done worse of the ever-present clubs. Uh, Paul, let's come to you first on this. You were doing the commentary of the game on Monday where United were soundly beaten by Tottenham Hotspur. Then, of course, the Mourinho fallout as well. What's it been like in the Man United camp this week? What have they been working on? How many changes do you expect to see this weekend? 
I think we will definitely see changes in the um in the centre of defence, without a doubt. Yes, Jones is injured, but I think Smalling, I don't know if Smalling will keep his place. But one thing I do believe is that he has to add continuity to his centre halves. Top sides, good sides, have regular back fours to a point, but more than anything, it's your two centre-halves, and it's been named in the press so many times about great centre-half partnerships. They don't have to be at big clubs. They can be at any kind of club, but the one thing is there's that trust built around goalkeeper and two centre-halves. Mourinho has never done that at Manchester United. When he had his great times at Chelsea, it was built around Carvalho and John Terry, Mm. and then it moved on to then Cahill and John Terry got together. Were they the greatest? The pairing as such, maybe not, but the most importantly, there was continuity, and everyone knew what was happening next, and everyone everyone knew their jobs. At Manchester United, you don't because you know you one one's in, one's out. He falls out with somebody, someone's flavour of the month, and then he puts them in. But the problem is, is that he's told everyone during the summer they're not very good centre half because he needs a centre half, and he's got to spend sixty million. So. We shouldn't be like it as professional footballers. In the, we should be concerned about the team and doing the best we can. But after a while, you feel a little bit battered and bruised when someone is actually coming out and telling everyone publicly you're not good enough. So if we see, for example, Lindelof and Eric Bailly start on Sunday against Burnley, just like what you were saying, what message does that send to those two players? Because they were dropped because they made mistakes in the game against Brighton. Smalling comes in and has a very bad mistake, for, in particular for that third goal. And then Lindelof and Bay, if they're starting to think, oh, God, we, we can't make any mistakes, and they'll be nervous, and then that will it, it impinge on their performance. Mm. Um, what do you think, Steve? Well, um, it's tough. I just think Mourinho's got to look at himself. Um, you know, he's blaming every all and sundry. Um, he's just got to get back to managing football team now and getting the best formula. And I think I'm in agreement with Paul. He's got to... St- pick a back four and stick with it for five or six games regardless. You know, that's very hard because at Man United, as Paul well knows, at the end of the day, it's, it's a crisis now. Two losses, <laughs> it's a crisis. And I, I can, I've got sympathy with him in terms of he's saying, you know, Pochettino and Klopp don't get the same sort of stick. He still won trophies. But what he's got to remember is it's the way that he deals with the press. He's just coming across that it's his opinion. Yes, it's right. He's won three championships. Cannot take that away from him. But you look at the difference between him, Klopp and Pochettino and how they deal with the press. He deals with them with respect. He's asking for respect. But in my opinion, and Paul will tell you, if you give respect you get it back. And it's the same with his players. I don't think he's given enough respect to the players in that changing room at the minute. And that's why, are they really playing for them? Are they going that extra yard? Mm, I'm not certain. Well, on that question, so on Monday, was it individual performances that cost Man United or was it the tactics he used? Because Jesse Lingard played very well. Luke Shaw played very well. There were a couple of other OK performances in that team. And also, we were doing the game Monday and Herrera wasn't playing centre-half. That was not three at the back. It was two at the back and he dropped two deep in between the two centre-halves. So how do they set up this weekend? Where does Herrera play? And and would they play three at the back? That might help them if they actually did it properly. It seems like the way he works is um, is that Herrera's taken a lot of stick for his performance. Um, Effectively, he was involved in two goals against, you know, two goals at Mm. Manchester United conceded. So there's a good chance that he might not play the way Mourinho works. Okay, you made a mistake, you're not going to play. But Herrera in that game for me, and he does it it a lot, is that he seems to be that defensive midfield player, but he doesn't 
sit in front of the centre-halves. He will go to whatever side the ball's on and he will put his get himself in and around it, stick his body in front of people and fall over. He will then <laughs> make a tackle and then if he doesn't re- think he's going to win it or if he fouls somebody, then he will roll around on the floor again trying to get a foul. So what he's doing is trying to gain an advantage on the fact of when he's getting involved in the play, trying to break it up, and he's trying to get his, his fellow pros booked, in, in my opinion, the way he goes about it. He just doesn't play the game in the right manner, where prior to him being at Manchester United in his early part, he's a good footballer. Mm. He's a really good midfield player, energetic, hungry. He was deemed a top player in Spanish football. And I look at him now and I think to myself, I can go and grab you from the first division. You're in, you're, the way you're playing, you can go and grab someone from the first division who would just do just as good a job as what he's doing. His game it, has it been looks, taken it looks away. Like to me, Paul, that he's setting off the play. You know, And anybody can set off the play when they're not... For me, if they're going to play two defensive midfielders, him and Matic, it's Matic the one that sits and plays and knocks yeah. and, and stays. But he, he's the one that is the drive. He's the one that's going ratting, going getting, winning the ball back early. Like I say, anybody... I could have played that position he was doing. He sat off the play. Every time he received the ball, he had 20 yards of space. And the other side of it, Steve, is that, and we mentioned it, Tom, as well, is Fred was the forward player. And Fred looked terrible. (laughs) You saw it when he had that shot. He had a shot in the first, sorry, in the second half, I think it was. And it was on his right. It was awful the way he set up. He's not a forward player, Fred. He's a deeper one. He hasn't. To to, to me, that's the question. Does Man United then need at home, even though they're playing Spurs, do they have to play with three defensive midfielders? That that for me when I when we used to go to Man United, it used to be the away team that played with three defensive midfielders because you knew that they were on you. And, and to be fair, the first forty minutes you cannot take it away. Man United played well. Yeah, you know did. you can't they argue did. with that. And it was individual errors that cost them goals. But I still come back to that point. After all the criticism, are the players really with Mourinho? That's, so, that would be my question. Question for you both. Sam Allardyce was on Talksport this week, and and he said if Manchester United play like that. For the rest of the games this season, they will win more than they lose. If they play like the, the like they did on Monday, on Sunday against Burley, do you think they'll win? I think what he's talking about, Big Sam, is talking about the performance for the first forty so minutes. It was good, and you're right. If you cut out them individual mistakes and they play at that tempo, yeah, they they will win games. But for me, I still keep coming back to Man United at home, three defensive midfielders. <laughs> Come on! At the end of the day, you used to go to Man United, and you knew that you were in in for it because they were going to be on you from word go. There's going to be like 25 crosses in the box in the first 20 minutes. They're going to have bodies flying in there, getting second balls, creating immense pressure. And I think you go to Man United nowadays, and you're thinking, lovely. I just think, because I mean, I'm looking at and and you're saying what Big Sam said about it. I I go the other way. Is I would say is that I would look at Spurs and say Spurs didn't have that great a start. I thought Spurs had gone there and become the little wimpy Spurs we've seen many times at Old Trafford. And they went in at half-time. Pochettino has done something right. I don't know whether or not, rather than looking like Simeone, he decided he was going to be him and he's given him a right rollicking at half-time because he was wearing all black, so he was nasty. (laughs) And they come out second half. To Mourinho's funeral, right? (laughs) And I turned around and said, and I turned around and was going, and I turned around and said, Spurs have started really well to Tom and saying they look like they're at it. Within 
a minute or so, Harry Kane goes and scores that header and then that's it, finished. Mm. So as good as United were in that first 40 minutes, I think that was down more to Spurs because that wasn't a normal performance under Jose Mourinho. They had a lot of the ball and they did make... They didn't make any clear-cut opportunities. And even Big Sam come out and said, oh, they had 23, 23 attempts at goal. What is an attempt at goal nowadays? Yeah, what's an assist? Paul Pogba had, what, 25 assists last season. One of them was a three-yard pass right that someone spanked in from 30 yards. Yeah. That is not an assist. We need to change these stats because they make no sense. The stats players, they, they do my head in. Uh, listen, we've got to talk about Burnley briefly. It is tough for us to do Burnley because we're recording before their game mm-hmm. against Olympiacos. But one thing we can say, Steve, is that Every time they've played in the Europa League so far, the next game, there has been a slight drop-off in performance. Uh, and they had a lot of shots to defend against Fulham last week. Got thrashed in the end. Uh, poor performance against Watford when they had the game after Europe as well. I mean, this is not an easy game for them at all. If they get I, through in Europe, will it do them a favour? Uh, no. I, I think, listen, I know it's a terrible thing to say you do ever so well after the season they've had, but they had the continuity now. You look at it now, they've got a small squad, they've got injuries, Stephen Defoe, Robbie Brady, Nick Pope, Goodmanson's out. So it's stretching their squad. Dare I say, after working so hard to get in Europe, I think maybe you know it'd be the best thing if, if they do that they would get... Um, obviously uh, knocked out. Maybe uh, Sean Dyche didn't get backed enough in the summer. Uh, Maybe him and Mourinho can bond over that after the game of the weekend. I don't know. Uh, That is on Sunday, 4 o'clock UK time. Burnley hosting Manchester United. Lots to talk about if United lose. Maybe Mourinho's going to get the sack. Maybe we'll see whether players actually want him to be there. Uh, We're going to move on in the next section of the programme to Manchester City, who face Newcastle this weekend, who might set a record for 0% position Possession in a game. We're looking forward to it. Here's Perez down the right side onto Rondon. Great chance for an equaliser, and he's smashing it off the far post and scores his first Newcastle goal. Newcastle do not deserve to be on level terms. It's their first shot on target in the game. Manchester City against Newcastle United, 5.30 UK time on Saturday. City unbeaten in their last 21 top flight games against the Magpies who have lost each of their last nine away league matches at the Etihad, conceding an astonishing 32 goals, scoring just six in reply in that time. Steve, what about Newcastle's tactics? We've got to talk about it. It's been such a big talking point this week. They went pretty defensive against Forest in the Cup in midweek, despite the changes they made and the way they set up. Of course, last week they had, was it 19% possession um, in a home game, irrespective of opponent. Is that acceptable? And this weekend against Manchester City, they're going to be even more defensive, aren't they? I don't know why it's everybody surprised. It's Benitez. And to be fair, in all fairness to him, he had five players out. Good players, Lascelles, uh, Shelby, you know what I mean? If, if, and, and he made a fair point. If the top teams had five of the starters out of the team, they would struggle. It just, I suppose, when they were at home and when they did eventually come out, they had a couple of half chances. It could maybe have got something for the game. But it's that chicken and egg. You've got to be in the game. And I think when you play against these top teams, you know, certainly Benitez's, Benitez's tactics is to stay in the game as long as possible and give yourself a chance, you know, the last 20 minutes. Because let's have it right. If Newcastle go all out and attack Man City, it'll be six. As simple as that. But if yeah. they go all defensive against Man City, it's going to be sick. So oh, why no, no, not you know, try and win the game, you, no? You can't, say, you can't say that. You, you can't say that he's you not... Can. You, you can look at Huddersfield last season. You, can, you can't say that, that Newcastle didn't try to win the game. They tried to win the game with their tactics, what they what the manager thinks is right. And, and, and he nearly got a result. 
whatever way you say it, he nearly got a result against Chelsea, and it'll be more of the same this week. What about people who say he did it to prove a point to Mike Ashley? You didn't give me the players. He talked about... Will they ever go in the Carabao Cup? And he said, well, I would no, do, listen, but I that, haven't got the players. But that point, Tom's already been made. The Newcastle fans already hate Mike Ashley. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it, he doesn't have to endorse that point. You know, he's got the fans on side. The fans are with Benitez. You know, he's a god up there. Mm. And, um, you know, so he didn't have to do that. He is actually about trying to win a game of football. And he felt, you know, whether rightly or wrongly, you know, obviously you're, you're a spectator, you want to see your team attack, but, you know, he feels that if he does open up, you know, he get picked off and, and, and it'll be annihilation. But he went defensive, got picked off, and they lost the game. So in the end, it I wasn't a good tactic, I think right? at the end of the day, people would say more about it because it's Chelsea. That's the reason why I think everyone's saying it, because it's Chelsea where we're still not sure about Chelsea. No one doesn't... There's still a little bit unknown. New manager, and obviously the fallout with a manager last year... With fallout with players, with the manager, what we're going to get. And because they've done it against Chelsea, who have not really established themselves as a great side, and the side you say, I've got to sit back because they're too good. I think that's the bit that kind of grated with a few people. Maybe I didn't really see the supporters booing. I think there was a little it's bit. It's more of, neutral, it's like uh, us yeah. than the Newcastle fans. Yeah, I think I there think. was a little, su- little bit of sarcasm every time they got the ball and they went forward. It was like schoolgirl hockey game. But um, <laughs> on the other side of it, I could see why he's done it, and I managed a short time. And my way of looking at it when I come against the good sides is that I matched a man to man, and I kind of looked to myself. I wanted to stay in the game as long as possible. When you're a manager, doesn't matter if you've got a problem with someone above; it's your own personal ego because you don't want anything bad against your record. And I think Benitez has got a great record, Very, you know, and he's good at what he does. He's been a gr- he is a great manager. And I'll, I'll, I'll give him that respect from what he went and he went into the went into the fire at Chelsea, and he and he come out smelling the roses mm. because of what he went and done. So I can see what he's done, and I can see him, and I and I can understand why he's going to go and do what he's going to do when he goes to the Etihad. Huddersfield done it at home. Huddersfield got got done in the last minutes or so last season, didn't they at home? Mm. So everybody is in that way, and that's all that is really. If you're a Manchester City, as it was for me, and I was fortunate enough to be at United for the five years, when a team sat back, I never Sir Alex Ferguson never once condemned them. What he done, he took it as respect. Steve, what do you make about the the dressing room problems that we've heard about in Newcastle in the last week or so? Is is that a sign that all isn't well there, or is that just normal part of? of I think being it's a normal part. Sorting your bonuses out before the start of the season, it's normal. It normally goes up to Paul will tell you, probably being part of the committee and captain and whatever else. It's it's part of the thing where it needs. It's sorting and usually goes up right to two or three days before before oh, the start does, of the season. But no one knew before, Steve. Yeah, yeah, no one knew. Yeah. That's the problem. Who, who's, who's telling? But the oh. problem is, it, it speaks to me. Then he goes on Twitter. It's as simple as that. Yeah. There and then it goes, gets out. Once it's on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, then. It, but you've also the got done. Lascelles, who didn't play last week because of a row. It seems on the training pitch. It happened last season to him as well. He's the captain. I mean, you've been captain Premier League teams. You're not the one that's meant to be in the fights. You're meant to be stopping them, right? <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> You, you, you're the figurehead. You're the one that's trying to the, the go between between the manager, the board, and and the thing. It's difficult for a manager because he just wants the players happy. You know what I mean? He, but obviously, he's adhering to Mike Ashley and the board as well. You know, you just wanted it for everybody's sake. It's sooner sorted out the better. Um, but I don't think he would have, you know, 
I don't think um, Benitez would have left the cells out. I think he had a slight problem and didn't want to risk him for for a large part of the season. Yeah, he said injured. You never know. Oh, what about Man City against Wolves last week? You know, it was a handball from Willy Bolly, so technically they won that game 1-0, but you know the facts will say it was a 1-1 draw. No Kevin De Bruyne didn't win the game. Am I reading too much into that? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I think you got to give. Got to give <laughs> well, they didn't win the game, did they? They didn't, you know. But they, they probably should have. If done you don't it, have your, it. you don't have your star player. It's great they've got Bernardo and David and Aguero, but Kevin De Bruyne is why they won the league. Well, he's. A, I don't think he's. He's just his own reason. He's, Without he's Kevin De Bruyne, the they reasons. might have won it by five points, not by nineteen points. They won it. Well, that would do, wouldn't it? Well, it will do, but it would have been a lot closer. Without him, they didn't win the game. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Listen, it's a, it's a, it's a massive loss. But a lot of people are scoffing of, at me, Steve. In ter- in ter- well, in terms of the <laughs> squad that they've got, they can more than compensate. And I think Bernardo Silva and the likes will step up to the fourth this this year. Um, Got to give. I like to look at it and give Wolves credit. I think the formula, the way they worked, they played four five one, but the two wide players actually played narrow. Were able to get in contact with it, with the front man. And and then Paul will tell you, you know, certainly when I've gone to Man United and we played four five one, it was always a problem getting out. They seem to be able to hit Man City on the counter-attack numerous times and I think that's the first time and maybe it will be a, a blueprint for, for teams to play against Man City you know how, how they get closer and, and I've never seen Man City in, since Pep has been there maybe the first season get counter-attacked so many times so um, when they were going forward I agree what you're saying there. Quite, but it can flip the other way is that mm. Pep can use that as a blueprint yeah. himself yeah, to say course. Wolves done that and he had he gave Wolves the utmost respect prior to the game and he gave it to him again after the game mm. as well there's a lesson for us an individual but Wolves got out of that game what they deserved him because they made a big point that we're going to have a go in yeah. yes we're going to we're going to we're changing slightly but we're still going to we're at home. We're going to still try and get something out of it. But you have to remember, the keeper made three, four yeah, great yeah, saves, yeah. by the way. Since he hit the post, what, three or four I times? think, listen, it's like anything. You know, even if Newcastle go on to, to Man City, their goalkeeper normally has to have an unbelievable game. You know, there has to be a few controversial decisions. Yeah. And you've got to ride your luck. Mm. You know, that's, that's what happens, you know, with Wolves. But fair play to them, you know. They get credit for being a bit more progressive. We'll yeah. talk Wolves a little bit later in the programme. Dave, will you be triple captaining Sergio Aguero this week? I can't afford him. You can't afford him. This no, is no, no. triple captain well, we'll just win Just go in everything. the red like most clubs. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to do it. Get in the red. Make as many changes as you can. Uh, right, let's move on to Leicester against Liverpool. Leicester have won three of their last four home league meetings with Liverpool. The Reds are looking to win their opening four games of a Premier League season for the first ever time. The last time they won the first four was back in the first division, 1991 under Kenny Dalglish. Paul, again, Leicester City, tremendous win last week. They do it without Jamie Vardy, but they've got to play again without Vardy this week, which is such a shame because he loves to score against Liverpool. Yes, I mean, I must say, for the first time I'm saying, it's a big loss. After that first game at Old Trafford, they had a poor start, and but then they went on and they got better and better because I was here doing that game with you, Tom. Mm. If Vardy had been on that pitch earlier, and obviously when he did come on, he missed a sitter before he scored his goal... But if he'd been on that pitch earlier, they would they would have caused United more problems and the game the scoreline could have been different. Inanasio, for me, is another one like Hernandez at West Ham. He's not a great starter. There's a reason why he never started regularly for City. They brought him on a sub, he nicked a goal. But he's one of those players that, if you start with him, he stops the flow of a game. Vardy doesn't stop the flow of the game because Vardy is taking people away. Because you have Vardy... And you're scared to hold an off, hold a line with him, so he drags you back. He drags you back, and he allows players to play in midfield because of that reason. So, 
Vardy is so important and without him it makes a difference against Liverpool because that would we then might find out how good these centre-halves are at Liverpool. When's Iheanacho going to start doing it for Leicester City? Again, he starts in midweek, nothing happens for him. I just get the feeling he isn't going to make that step up to be a regular Premier League player. Maybe he's another Hernandez type who can only do it for 15 minutes. Yeah, he's still a young player, still learning the game. I think in terms of when you lead the line, you've got to be either good at two things, got to be able to run in behind, which Leicester with Vardy have been able to build. Like They won the league off the back of it, sitting deep. You know, hitting on the counter-attack, his pace is electrifying. And Nacho's quick, but is he as quick as Vardy? I don't think so. But when you lead the line, you've got to be able to hold up play. And I think he's a little bit inconsistent at that as well. So he's not doing one or the other. So Leicester are a little bit caught in between, whereas they know exactly when Vardy's playing. They know midfielders normally get it. They can turn it in behind and they can play on the counter. But I think the top six teams have learnt how to play Leicester, although they've had a decent start. I think they're now letting Leicester come on to them. And listen, Liverpool are, are now becoming uh, an unbelievable counter-attacking team. And um, I think as good as Leicester have had a decent start, I think it can only be um, uh, three points for Liverpool. Uh, what about that defence for Liverpool? Because they were tested against Brighton a little bit on Saturday. Uh, Pascal Gross's late header, if that had gone in, I think Brighton would have got a fairly deserved draw. Um, Gomez, Van Dijk, Alexander-Arnold, they're all players that uh, have played very well, I think, start of this season. Uh, Robertson as well, of course, on the other side, the goalkeeper. It looks right, doesn't it, that back four? So if other players come back now, people like Dan Lovren, they're not going to get back in, are they? I don't think so. I've never been a fan of Lovren, to be perfectly honest. Um, so him sometimes, some, you, you, the way you get into teams, always nine times out of ten is on, on the back of someone else's misfortune. That's how you get into a team. Not many get into a team because they've been great and doing this and whatever. Someone else's misfortune, they get the opportunity, then it's up to you to go and grab it. So Gomez has, hasn't had a lot of luck. They've signed him from Cholton, injuries, and so he's come in. And he's, I think he's a good foil because he's that... As Liverpool, you say, he's that one who would lay off. You let the big man go and attack everything. He sits there and he looks the pretty one. Even though, saying that, I have to say that Van Dyke, as big as he is, he's not exactly the ugliest centre half you're ever going to see. It's a good looking group. <laughs> it is, yeah, if you wanted to put him on stage somewhere to sing. But um, as football. When they score the fourth this weekend, they're all going to get off stalls and do flying without wings. <laughs> That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I hope it happens. That'd be a great yeah. celebration. That'd be better than Deli Ali's weird hand thing. Oh. But, Let's not get into that. Yeah. But as a, as a four, they are very good, good footballers, and they can all defend, which makes a big difference. Because at the end of the day, when you play on the back line, great when they talk about you going forward. But I'm in, still in that old school. Is that I'd like to see know that my fullbacks can actually close down the ball and stop crosses, and my centre halves are actually going to go and attack the ball. And when it and when it comes to actually to head and volley, they're going to do that because they do not want anything to catch them out. Uh, that is Liverpool going to Leicester City. Next up, we're talking about West Ham United, the only team in the 92-team football pyramid yet to have a single point. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Arsenal 2, West Ham United 1. It's an own goal from Issa Diop, created by Lacazette. Arsenal 3, West Ham United 1. Danny Welbeck scores the goal that clinches all three points at the Emirates Stadium. Let's talk West Ham United. They take on Wolverhampton Wanderers, 3 o'clock UK time this Saturday. Steve Lomas is with us, former West Ham captain. They played well last week, West Ham at Arsenal. Certainly, I think, their best performance of the season. But again, it's another defeat for them. Doubts about Marko Arnautovic for this week as well. Big games to come after this. Tough games as well. Home games against the likes of Tottenham and Man United and Chelsea. They have to win this, don't they? Well, it's a massive and I think if you look at it, yeah, way to Arsenal, away to Liverpool, you'd have thought, yeah, maybe not too many points from there. But obviously the big one was obviously won the lot at home to Bournemouth and, and losing that 2-1 was, was a massive blow. Um, and I think, you know, the positivity that was in pre-season is now sort of ebbing away and it's a massive game now with Wolves on on the up. Great result against Man City. It's a, it's a big test and, and you well know, as I do, Tom, that they need to get that first goal, especially at home, because as good as the crowd is when you're playing well, it can be a massive hindrance when, when you're losing. And um, you just need to get some points on the board as quick as possible. What will the reaction of the fans be if they lose this game at home to Wolves? I don't think it'll be... Too negative. I think as long as the performance is there as it was against Arsenal, the, the positivity this week has been quite surprising, actually, because we lose a lot of games and usually it's a bit bleak. But because they played well against Arsenal, I don't think it'll be too bad. If they were to lose it 4-5-0, I think the house might come crumbling down. It depends on the way they lose the game. Um, but I don't think they will lose this weekend. I think West Ham will get on the front foot. I think they would have beaten Bournemouth if they'd have had some sort of defensive midfield. They seem to have forgotten about that. If they try and play 4-2-2-2, which doesn't work for this team, like it did against Bournemouth, I think they will lose. But surely Pellegrini would have learned that lesson, right? I think he knows. I think he, he already knows himself is that the weakness that I saw against Arsenal was the fact there wasn't enough energy in the middle of the park. Mm. Energy going forward, Anderson was, was immense. I was, at, I was at the Emirates last weekend and he gets on the ball and very athletic, good good runner with the ball at his feet and can get around. The problem is when they haven't got the ball, they haven't got enough players who are tenacious enough and quick feet to get around people. And I don't mean go and kick people, but just be up against people, ushering them into areas of the park they don't want to go and just to help your defence. They haven't got that. Every player, when you look at Wiltshire, Wiltshire is a sluggish runner. He's not natural. He can't. He's not a great athlete at all. Good signing, Wiltshire. I personally think for what West Ham for this season, no. No, 
as we talked about earlier, like you say, and I never thought about it that way. And Steve said it, great, great um, free transfer. But when I look at West Ham and I think what Pellegrini wants to do, I don't think <clears> he fits into that one, especially when you've got Noble there already. And Noble was the orchestrator of everything around West Ham, what he'd done. And, and I think those two playing together... I don't know. Well, I, I don't think, think, we I don't were, think that's going we to happen. We were speaking about it earlier, Paul, weren't we? You know, Chick, they got rid of Chick Coyote. And actually, Chick didn't have his best season last year, but I actually felt sorry for him because he was actually asking him to be attacking midfielder, defensive midfielder, defensive to, to destroyer. I don't think West Ham have addressed the balance. I don't think Pellegrini, I think eventually, I know he likes 4 3 3. That's his preferred formation. I think we're be best set up for three centre halves. Um, in terms of playing Arthur Masawaki as an orthodox left back, I can tell you, Stevie Wonder could tell you that, that he can't defend. As simple as that there. Um, but Chick Coyote for me is, is a big miss because he's the one that can destroy, can get about. And when you have Wiltshire in the team, he always needs a mind or somebody mm -hmm. that can go and do the dog work. And I think I agree with you, Paul. We haven't got enough doggers at the minute with energy. Mm. What about Wolves? We spoke about them earlier on. Great performance against Man City last week. Unlucky uh, to only draw that game, created chances and, and went for, for Man City, which was very they impressive. They haven't won though, have they? Well, this is where I was going. They, they played well they haven't three won games game. and they haven't, got, they haven't won yet. And that, if, if he goes on too long, that might start to play on their minds. They'll fancy this though, won't they, Dave? This is the kind of game that, that Wolves will think, we can win this. We were going against a team that haven't won a game. We know the crowd does turn on them if we beat them. And they like to dominate possession. You can dominate West Ham at that ground. I think that they will fancy it. But like I said, I, I saw them in the first game against Everton. They were they played well enough. But I think if Jagielka didn't get sent off in that game, they maybe they wouldn't have won that. They played quite well against Leicester, but they lost 2-0. And then again, they played pretty well against Man City last week. Got a fortunate goal, but it is against Man City. So you take a lot of positives from that result. But they will need... A win. I know as a Watford fan, when we came up three seasons ago, it took about six or seven games to get that first win. They were mm. playing well, but until you get it, and as soon as they got it, there was a release I, I and there think, was confidence. I think the positive is, Dave, they look like they've got players that actually, actually can score goals. And I always look at teams coming up and say, oh, they're going to concede goals. I think by staying up, you've got to score goals. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. There, you're going you're gonna to concede. It's a given. But you, but you is Jimenez going to score player, enough goals? I think what's behind him, I think, yeah, there's going to be enough um, in terms of going forward. But I'm agreeing with you. The longer it goes on, you know, the reality coming in the Premier League that every mistake normally is punished. And, and like we spoke about, it could easily have been four or five against Man City. So, you know, the sooner you get a couple of wins under the belt, it certainly breeds that you actually belong in the Premier League. I think that game is so unpredictable because it could easily be a solid West Ham win. I could see Wolves winning that 3 or 4 nil as well quite comfortably. I think that West Ham could be in a bit of trouble going into the next few games. Hopefully uh, it'll all turn around, but who knows. Let's move on to Chelsea against Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth already won at the London Stadium this season. Their record from coming back from behind in games is incredible. 25 points from losing positions since the beginning of last season. Did it again against Everton last weekend. Paul, what about this mentality that they've got Bournemouth? How is that instilled in these players? First thing you're going to say is about the manager. But every time, I think I went now three times last season, I went down to um, to Bournemouth to do games. And I'm looking at them and every time, I, I, just don't, I just don't see it at Bournemouth. The quality. Yeah, I just don't really see it. I do wonder, fit myself, they've got to go soon, they've got to go. But they seem to dig them out and mm -hmm. certain players seem to come through and get them out of trouble. And at the moment in time, they've started very, very well. And they're not, and there's something, there is that never say die attitude without a shadow of a doubt. I don't know whether or not they're kind of in that position of saying, well, 
you know, everyone thinks, you know, we're Bournemouth. What are we doing in the Premier League? Because they do, don't they? I think we do. I mean, when you go to the ground and you see this little stadium they've got there and you, it's in the middle of the park, it's... Very nice. It's very nice. Very nice. I think, yeah. only, I think when you look at Fulham, which is an iconic stadium, Fulham, the way set on the river, then you go down there on a summer's day... It's absolutely beautiful when you go there, but when the first time I went there, it was Boxing Day and it was throwing it down. It was horrible. <laughs> and they're building another little one right next to it as well, which is slight, obviously slightly bigger. But I think they're getting what they deserve. To be honest, yeah. don't be surprised if they go if they, when they go to Chelsea, but they go yeah. and win. I think the, the good thing is they've got two players up front. who's got Pierce and Power, Wilson mm. and King, so they can. I think all credits go to Eddie because I'm talking about teams that are coming up. He's obviously thought of the philosophy as, listen, yeah, I can't be defensive, but he's one, listen, you know what? I've got to score goals. If I score goals, I win I win points, I win games, and that's what keeps you up. All right, mm. getting a draw here or there, but I think he's took the philosophy as, you know what? We're going to attack, and I think you look at that there and you'll add the, add the lad Fraser. They've got good pace in the team now. I'll tell you uh, what I like as well is that I think his best signing has been Aki. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Aki is a fantastic player, good centre-half, and Chelsea absolute nightmare getting rid of him because when you see David Luiz playing left side centre half in a four then you look at Aki you say to yourself what have you done because I tell you he's left footed so you got balance but you can trust him David Luiz you wouldn't trust him honestly you, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't give him your ice cream and look after it stop it dripping he's that bad <laughs> that bad that said though Chelsea have made a quietly impressive start to the season haven't they and I feel like there's more to come from them as well Bournemouth have got a very good record against Chelsea at Stamford yeah. Bridge but I, I think Chelsea will make, make another step forward this weekend we're going to move on to Watford high flying Watford three straight wins in the league four in all competitions even players that have been rejected by West Ham are scoring stunners for them now up against Spurs on Sunday Strong running from Eddie Enkabu. It's found Pereira, edge of the area, right footed effort. It's a brilliant goal. Watford strike first, and their 100% start of the season could be maintained. What a story it would be if they go three out of three. Sunday, four o'clock, Watford against Tottenham. Watford, what a start of the season they have had. Unbeaten in the Premier League so far, looking to win their first four league matches of a season. For only the second time in their entire history, they did it in 88-89. They've never done it in the top flight. Uh, Spurs, though, they do love to beat Watford. And they also are fantastic in 2018. They've won more Premier League points than any other side this calendar year. Um, let's talk about Watford. Steve, I want to come to you first. And we're always talking to Dave about Watford. Yeah. And he's always so happy. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. So many individual players yeah. have, have hit their straps early doors this season. Ben Foster made some great saves last week. Troy, Troy Deeney, a good stone lighter and playing fantastically well. We talk about Roberto Pereira a lot here. Jose Holovas got a lucky goal last week, but, but he's... <laughs> also look fantastic why have so many individual players at Watford started the season so well well I think it's got to be down to the manager in his pre-season as well he's obviously worked them hard I think what's key for any club to come up and stay up is they beat teams around them you look who they beat Palace Burnley Brighton you know nine points from them it's certainly that's worth probably at least 15 um, when you when you're that second group and 
I think look at Watford, you know, you're talking about the tacking element they've got and I think they have got players that can hurt you and that's why, you know, they're, they're very formidable at home. They've got a good home record. So, you know, all things positive, Dave, and you can see the smugness written across <laughs> his face. Frustrating. It was really important to, to get off to a good start because when you see that fixture list, you saw these runner games coming up. We've got Tottenham, we've got Manchester United shortly after the international break. We've got an away game at Fulham coming up. But win, they, win these first three games against teams that are going to be in and around you in the table and all of a sudden the confidence is flowing and we've really benefited from the continuity I think it is down to the manager he's had a solid pre-season he's got them all really fit really motivated and we didn't actually play that well for the whole game against Crystal Palace on Sunday rode our luck a little bit probably should have conceded an equaliser with the last kick or head of the game but they did it. They got three points, and that's just the way it's going. At the it helps when you nobbled their best player in the first few minutes. Uh, Capo definitely should have seen red for that. Uh, Paul, you were doing the Tottenham game, of course, Monday. Uh, Lucas Mora, uh, Hung Min Son, when he comes back, whether he's doing military service or not, he's allowed to come back, we don't know. Uh, but when he comes back, he's not going to get in the team, is he? Lucas Mora looks fantastic. Luke, Lucas Mora done great against Manchester United. Son will come back and get back in the team because his form has been absolutely fantastic. He's been incredible. Consistency is is just been something, something you haven't seen from a from an Asian player. His strength is is as good as any Asian player I've ever seen. I think Park come really close. I think his mental strength as well. You can't nothing phases him. Mm. You can kick him. He gets up. He says a few and he and he gets on with it. But they haven't missed him. But I- no, they haven't. Which is great. I think which is great for him. But with Mora still, Mora still feeling his way, and it's good that Spurs now have got another goal scorer. I think as well. I think one as a lot of Spurs friend, uh, fans and Fred's friends, and the one thing that they missed is Sunday they actually get the ball and go and beat a couple of players. It looks like they've actually found that. You know, there are a lot of players of good running power. Son, Harry Kane's obviously good link up play, um, but like more, he looked didn't he? Especially mm. the penalty when he when he outstripped outstrength yeah. three players. Strength drove into the box, and I think they've actually missed a little bit of that since Gareth Bale was, you know, has, has left obviously Spurs. And yeah, I think he looks like a fanta- anyway. like it's fantastic find for, for Spurs. That's something in the game anyway, yeah, Steve. Yeah. There, there, has, there isn't many teams we've got. We're all waiting for people to run past mm. people, and no one, no one really wants to do that anymore. Or they're not allowed to do it. You look at Rashford wants to do it. You've got Martial, and if if it doesn't happen once. Encourage yeah, them to keep, go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep, Listen, keep in, in that final third, that's the danger. They've got to be able to to make mistakes because that's what that's the business end. You can't be conservative mm. in last last thirty minutes. But I just thought that run for me. I just thought, wow. I was watching it on TV. I thought, wow, that is pace and strength. Mm. I'm thinking we ain't seen that. We ain't seen that since the likes of Gareth Bale. Yeah. Let's be honest. We you know they've had the likes of Aaron Lennon, but not in the same class. Yeah. You know he looked. He looked. You're thinking, wow. He's not really a fan because obviously he's come from good stock, but he looks a fantastic addition for Spurs. And what about Toby Alderweireld briefly as well? The <coughs> defender who came in from the cold. Great performance on Monday. Yeah, we have to say he's in the in the top three in the league as a centre half, without a doubt. And fair play to Pochettino in a way, the way he's gone about it and he's managed it. He's just there was something going on, and he done away with it. He suddenly said no, and he wasn't in the team. Spurs were still getting results. Other players didn't take it personally that he's been left out. The players still showed their metal while he was playing. And he brings him back and he goes and performs like that. No bitterness. Puts the team and he, and he performs. It'd be interesting to see if he signs a new I contract. I think he will. I think he was, pu- he was pushing to leave, Paul. Yeah. 29, Man United didn't want to do it because of, of the fee and the wages. There'd be no sell-on for Man United. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if him and Danny Rose end up Saying the extension. I, think, I mean, I, people keep saying it to me. It talks about Harry Kane. I keep saying, 
Why would you want to leave Spurs? Spurs are a club which are, are going to get are going to grow. They're going into a fantastic stadium. They've got a great manager. Why would you want to leave them? Even Arthur Well, I would... think it's, listen. I think it's down. It's down to money. In, ter- in terms of well, that's me again it, looking it, at the wrong way yeah. around. <laughs> I think I think they're, I think they're looking at it, Paul. It's down You're thinking to money. about football. Listen, I think no, listen, no, no. unless you go into Liverpool, you know, Man United, they're going to be able. He'd be looking for tripling his wages that he's at Spurs. It's reported he's on fifty-five grand a week, which for a top-rate player, you it's look low. at you know is very low. Um, Cardiff on, against sorry, just go on. on the Hongmin Son. Yeah, you mentioned there about military service. They're in the final, right? They're in the final against Japan. Oof. Now, if they beat Japan, the I think they'll get exemption yeah. from doing the service. If they lose, and Japan looked pretty good at the World Cup, and South Korea didn't look that good, Son might have to he get starts his, his two he years. Might have to get, next swap year? his football boots for a pair of military boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got to move on. Cardiff against Arsenal. Paul, you were at the Arsenal game against West Ham last week, where they were outplayed for large spells of it but went on to win it. The big question for me, and for a lot of Arsenal fans, are we going to see Lacazette and Aubameyang start a game together? Every game he brings Lacazette on and they get better. Yeah, I mean, people are saying that to me and they're saying that he's, he's adamant that he's not going to play them together. I think somewhere along the line, you, you might want to stand firm as a manager. But if you're in a new job, I think you've got to turn around and sometimes you've got to give in to what people are saying. And the fans... Was he not seeing it then? I, I don't know if he's seen it, but remember Arsene Wenger? Remember that he becomes stubborn? Mm. I think managers become stubborn. I'm not going to listen to the fans. If I listen to them, that means they're going to want to make every decision for me. But for me, common sense says he has to start him because he gets picked for the first... You're sitting, the only time I got on the edge of the seat or anything, even when I was sitting in the, in the box, was when he came on because he had a change of pace. He frightened West Ham a bit because I thought, Diop, or what do they call him, Diop? Is it Diop. Is Diop? Yeah, Diop, yeah. Diop, Diop. He, he was fine. He was he's, he was kind of coasting. He looked fine. against. But the moment he came on, he was under pressure. And I think the whole thing with him giving away that ball, for the, um, when one on the byline, he's kicked it up in the air, but Van Arsenal had gone and scored from it. It caused the because he was caused, rattled. And the one thing I will say as well, Arsenal's the weaknesses they've got show out immensely. Now I look at the defensive point of view, Bellerin and Mustafi. West Ham's strength was always up against those two down that left-hand channel attacking for West Ham. If if they'd had a better wide player than Antonio, they would have they could have been two three new up because mm. Bellerin and uh, Mustafi can't defend. Don't know about space. They've got nothing about... The only space they've got is inside of their heads because they defensively, <laughs> they were rotten. And is that what Cardiff got to do this weekend? Get wide, attack those two guys? How do they score a goal? They've not scored a goal in the league since April. That continues. Yeah, I think, listen, at the end of the day, Cardiff have got to... We're under Neil Warnock. And I do feel a bit sorry for Neil. He's done a fantastic job bringing them up and they just haven't been able to attract players. They're going to have to keep it tight. They're not going to score many goals. Maybe it, it's about exposing that vulnerability dare I say it from a long throw or set piece but I still think Arsenal have enough whether Cardiff have enough to expose them I think West Ham are better attacking players and more pace than Cardiff that like you said you know Antonio should have played a couple of through balls Mm. through there that would expose Arsenal but I think Arsenal just have too much for Cardiff so I've got to move on. Brighton against Fulham, 3 o'clock on Saturday. I thought Brighton were very impressive at Anfield last week. I was doing the commentary of that game, as I mentioned. For me, Pascal Gross has to come back in. Dow Stevens had a rough game. Uh, and Eve Pesuma looks like he still needs a slower introduction to English football. Looked a little bit out of his depth in that game. For Fulham, Alfie Mawson made his comeback in midweek. Tom Kearney 
Looks like he'll be out for this one. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon dropped last week as well for the win over Burnley. Uh, could be a decent game this, Steve. Yeah, it, it has got the makings of a good game. Um, probably a 0-0 draw. But um, uh, I think you look at them, Brighton are, are finally stepping past the team that has served them well, bringing them up. And that brings its own problems, trying to gel them together. You know, he's brought in seven or eight players. So... You know, you look at it, it's been a tough start. Liverpool and Man United in the first three games, that ain't easy. Um, but Chris will be de- desperate to get, you know, another home win on the board. But Fulham, great win against Burnley. All right, Burnley weren't at its best. But Mitrovic and, dare we say it, Newcastle fans must be thinking, my God, why do we let him go? Has been flying ever since, you know. And, and it goes to show you goal scorers finding the right club. And maybe it is the right club for Fulham. I've always liked them, big, strong aggressive, wants to get in the space of the goal. Got to move on. Crystal Palace against Southampton. Talking about managers under a bit of pressure. Mark Hughes, former teammate of yours. Um, another loss last week against Leicester. Hasn't quite uh, got Southampton playing in, in a way that maybe fans would have liked. They were defensive mm. under the previous manager. They stayed quite defensive under him now. Uh, is, is it too big a job for Mark Hughes, Crystal Palace, this weekend? Well, Mark is scared to lose games now because he knows he's getting sick and when people talk about him, he, has, he never he hasn't covered himself in glory from every club he's left. You talk to QPR fans and Fulham fans, they fell out of love with Stoke, him. City, Stoke City, Blackburn. Everyone he did in, well at Stoke for two seasons. He did well at Stoke. That last yeah, but on the yeah. subject of the fans, yeah. though, I mean, I agree mm. with that, but on the subject of the fans, their mm. reaction to him, they weren't unhappy mm. to see and him And the leave. thing about Sparky is that he's quite a shy character, Mark. Mark just does his bit, loves to get back to his family. He loves all that. And it's just a cry and shame that it just hasn't worked for him as a manager on on a long on a longer basis. It seems that at the end of it, it all falls out of bed. I think he's going to struggle. I mean, the whole season for Southampton seems to be keep Austin and Ings fit and get him to score goals, but no one has been able to keep Austin and Ings fit. Uh, one final game, uh, Everton up against Huddersfield. Theo Walcott, great form right now. Scored in his last two Premier League games, his best run since doing three in a row for Arsenal back in 2013. Huddersfield, just 16 shots in their first three Premier League games this season. Uh, I just fancy Everton for a big win. Huddersfield might try and do what they did at Man City just to get eight in the box and stop them shooting. Yeah, I heard a Huddersfield fan actually on TalkSport actually saying that he thought that Wagner sh- shouldn't be in a job. They need to move on. They need a different manager. He really? Yeah, he wasn't happy with Should him agree? at all. Um, not really, because Huddersfield should still be in that honeymoon period of enjoying life in the top and, division. And they are created in his image. Yes. Mm. He's, you know, he's so fundamental to what they do. I don't think you can just parachute someone else in there. And, you know, It'll take a while. Yeah. I think you're right, David. It'll take a while. I think you just look at it. I think the stats seen this morning, out of the 43 games that have been in the Premier League, they've scored one goal in 23 games. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. we keep coming back to that there. Should have given him £80 million to spend in the summer if they wanted to have a better season. They did not. Uh, no Ricky from Rio for Everton this weekend after his bizarre sending off against Bournemouth. Maybe that uh, is some hope for Huddersfield in this match. Uh, that's all the games covered. Thank you very much to our panel for this week. No Premier League preview show next week for this international break. So I'll be on the beach. Don't call me, all right? I'll see you in a fortnight. Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. 
Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.